Cool. That's all our snazzy announcements. Um, tonight, I was asking the Lord this week, which is, this is what I do. If you're new around here, this is what I do. I sit with the Lord, and I say, what do you want to say to them, Lord? They're your people. They're not mine. All right, they answer to you, not to me. And so what do you want to say to them? I take this very seriously. In fact, I should have brought the picture. I prep for the resting place in a resting place. I have a couch in my office. I put it on Facebook. I put my feet up and my head back, and I say, Lord, I'm not moving till you say to me what you want to say to them. That's what I do. And I just feel like it's, it makes sense to get in a state of rest to preach at the resting place. I don't know. So... This week, uh, the Lord, and I love it, I love doing it this way because God is such a genius, he's a strategist, he knows exactly what he's doing, come on somebody, right? Like, it's so much easier that way, like just letting him make the plan, <laughs> you know? It makes me look like a genius all the time. And be like, wow, you really pulled that off, that made sense. I'm like, yeah, I was finding it as I went, like that was not my plan, that was the Lord. Anyway, um, he brought me to something I've never preached before ever, and I've actually never heard preached before. It's actually a part of the Christmas story that is pretty uh, left out when it comes to Protestant circles, okay? Um, in our Catholic brothers and sisters, they speak on these things more than uh, we do, and I'm going to talk about the Song of Mary tonight. Do you all know that Mary sang a song, <laughs> like the mother of God <laughs> in the flesh sang a song? And it's really actually amazing. We're going to walk through it. And we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to hopefully put Mary in the right light for you today, okay? Because some of you might be like, oh, gosh, here we go. Just like those Catholics, they're, you know, worshiping Mary, blah, 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 blah. I actually know zero Catholics who worship Mary, just so you know. Uh-huh. I love the silence. It's great. I know none. If you'd like to introduce me to one who says, oh, I worship Mary, I'd be flabbergasted to meet them. I bet you they would say, no, we honor Mary. And maybe you think they honor her a little too much. Okay, that's an opinion you have. Amen? Are you guys okay? Are you going to be all right? You're like, oh, my God, I don't know where he's going. We're not worshiping Mary, but we need to honor her. Like, there's only one human that birthed God. Like, your kids are awesome, all right, but they ain't that awesome, all right? The Immaculate Conception, the Virgin Bride, should be something we pay attention to. Kind of a big part of the story, you know? Anybody with me? Yeah? Okay. Or all of you, like, former Catholics and mad about it? I don't know. Like, I'm just <laughs> trying to read the room here. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to do something important. Right now, we're actually streaming this to our microsite in Germany. So we want to say hi to our, our church, our microsite in Germany on the cameras. Yeah, you can clap real loud for them. They're awesome. <laughs> Pastor Chip and Kristen Allen. Hello, we love you in Etschenbach, Germany. They're our first microsite that's active, and it's international. We're an international church. It's crazy. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm sure you had an amazing time in worship, and join us in this message now. Um, sorry, I forgot about you. I didn't write you in my notes but I will from now on. <laughs> um, we're planting those, by the way. That's another thing you can pray for. I am actually uh, hoping to plant in January at least four microsite campuses um, around the world, which I have people already in place, and one in, uh, local campus in Wesley Chapel on Sunday nights. So 
God is moving. He's breathing on the resting place. Amen. Even in the midst of COVID and all that stuff, we are planting churches and extending the kingdom. Amen. So back to my very important sermon, um, <laughs> the song of Mary. And I'm, I'm going to, from this song, from this moment in the scriptures, I'm going to submit to you something very important. Okay, I want you to really hear this one statement, and I believe uh, no matter how it lands on you at first, if you consider it with me for the next few minutes, it'll change your life. And even if you think you understand what I'm about to say, even if you're like, yeah, I know that, I'd encourage you to maybe take the seat of the learner and think a little more deeply on this one statement, all right? So everybody's in, right? Everybody's in, all right. Here's the truth of our situation. We worship the one within us. You might be like, duh. No, listen to me. You worship the God within you. You're not God. Thank God. I'm not God. Thank God, right? You can say, thank you, God. He's not God. You can say it. Yeah, it's good. All right? But we worship the one within us. Mary is actually a prototype of that. And it comes from this song. So we're going to read Luke chapter 1, 39 through 55. All right, this is after the angel came to her, angel Gabriel, and said, crazy thing, Mary, check it out. You're going to birth God. Um, you're a virgin. And God is going to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, put a baby in there. You know, this is one of the reasons we should really honor Mary. That's a radical believer right there, a faith walker to say, hey, Joseph, huh, I'm pregnant, and the father is God. Um, and you and I, we can't, like, be like that until I give birth to this baby. And I still think we're supposed to get married. <laughs> like, that's, like, boldness. That's bold faith. Anybody with me? Like, imagine you being that, that girl. Like, there's, Mary has, Mary's a faith giant. Mary, in my book, is an amazing giant of the faith. Amen? Are you just, like, are you weirded out because I'm, like, honoring a woman because we believe in that around here. We believe in women being empowered to carry the gospel. Let me say this. If a woman can carry the Godhead, then a woman can carry the gospel, all right? Just saying. I don't trust women. Well, God certainly does. So either you're right or he's right. It's deal. Not only that, a woman, a different woman named Mary, was the first one to proclaim the resurrection. You know what the word apostle means? I'm going to get in as much trouble as possible right now. You know what the word apostle means? It means sent one, one that is sent. The first apostle was a woman. Mary was the first one sent by Jesus to proclaim the resurrection. Say, go tell my brothers. <laughs> go tell them. Yep, I trust women to carry the gospel. I do. This is right after she got the news, all right, crazy news that she believed. That's radical. And she goes um, to see her cousin Elizabeth. So check it out. Afterward, Mary arose and hurried off to the hill country of Judea, to the village where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. Arriving at their home, Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the moment when she heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked. All right? These were the parents of John the Baptist. And suddenly, Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with a Holy Spirit, with a loud voice, say a loud voice, she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a woman given the highest favor and privilege above all others. That's in your Bible. 
Mary, you are a woman given the highest favor and privilege above all others. You think we should honor that chick? <laughs> yeah, me too. For your child is destined to bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honor to have the mother of my Lord come and visit me? This is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that Elizabeth would say this stuff. You know, like this is insight by the Holy Ghost. The moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside me with ecstatic joy. Great favor is upon you, for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. Listen to that. It's in your Bible that Mary believed every word that the Lord spoke to her. How many of you can say, I believed every word the Lord spoke? Don't raise your hands. It's okay. I don't know. Many people will be like, I believed every word he spoke to me as soon as he said it. Mary is amazing. Amen. I'm right about that. It says, and Mary sang this song. Are you ready? This is amazing. We're going we're gonna to dive into this song. Mary is now singing. So just imagine the melody. I don't know what it is. I kind of like was asking the Lord, like, Lord, what did the song sound like? Could you tell me? Because I could like sing it and it'd be really powerful because I got it from you. I got nothing. So whatever. <laughs> she sang this song. My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit bursts with joy over my life-giving God. For he set his tender gaze upon me, his lowly servant girl. And from here on, everyone will know that I have been favored and blessed. The mighty one has worked a mighty miracle for me. Holy is his name. This is where the song turns from just about her to now about everybody. It says, mercy kisses all his godly lovers from one generation to the next. Mighty power flows from him to scatter all those who walk in pride. Powerful princes he tears from their thrones and he lifts up the lowly to take their place. Those who hunger for him will always be filled, but the smug and self-satisfied he will send away empty. Because he can never forget to show mercy, he has helped his chosen servant Israel, keeping his promises to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Now let's go back a slide here and talk about some of this stuff. It says, mercy kisses all his godly lovers from one generation to the next. You know, generational curses are real. But generational mercy is realer. <laughs> it just feels so good to say out loud. Generational curses are real. But the kiss of mercy is more powerful. You know, one blessing can break a million curses. So what about the blessing of mercy? Amen. Our focus, if this is the song Mary sang, all right, these are some of the things I believe we should focus on. All right. I believe these should be focuses of the church. I'm just submitting it to you. Mercy kisses all his godly lovers from one generation to the next. Mighty power flows from him to scatter all those who walk in pride. He talks about, she talks about powerful princes being torn down, goes on to say, the smug and self-satisfied he will send away, right? This was way before Paul said, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Mary was saying it way before Paul. Like we're super stoked on quoting Paul, right? But what about Mary saying it, singing it? 
before Paul ever even was converted. Come on. Do you know the principle of first mention? Have you heard of that? The principle of first mention is a scientific term. It's actually in, a, uh, in the category of like fundamental development for children. All right. So whenever a child experiences something for the first time, that's the principle of first mention, especially when they're told something for the first time. And that actually in our brains becomes a fundamental truth that requires an extreme opposite to break the belief of that truth. Are you following me? This is the way your brain works. It's the principle of first mention. You can look it up. Basically, it becomes a foundation and a filter for everything on that subject. So if the first thing your kid hears or a child hears is God is love, then whenever he or she hears God hates blank or hates that person or is hateful, there's going to be a powerful first mention opposition to say that's not true. They're going to know fundamentally that's not true. This is why you should teach your kids before any school system, before any government agency. Come on, I'm not against public schooling, but I'm saying you need to give them the first mention experience of who God is and what, the, what is up and up, all right? Like a boy is a boy, a girl is a girl. You tell them that as a child, now it's going to take an extreme opposite to break that first mention principle. Raise up a child in the way they should go. And they will not depart from it. That's the principle of first mention in Scripture. Okay? We use it also looking at the Bible. We use it looking at what's mentioned first in Scripture. Okay? The first time it's mentioned is important. Okay? And it becomes kind of a filter. So, this is one of those times where she mentions, he opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Have you heard that verse? Yeah? I didn't have the reference for you. But Paul said that much later, years later. But... There's another one in here. Are you ready for this? You recognize this? Those who hunger for him will always be filled. You remember that? Does that sound familiar? Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness sake. They shall be filled. Jesus is quoting his mom. Come on. Jesus is quoting Mary. What an honor to have your children quote you. Right? Come on. He's like, I heard it in the womb once that if you hunger for me, you will be filled. Come on, this is powerful. Those who hunger for him will always be filled. Then it says, because he can never forget to show mercy, he has helped his chosen servant Israel, keeping his promises to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Paul talks about that too. Talks about how those who believe and have the faith of Abraham are the Israel of God. You understand? Like, we're not replacing Israel. There's a thing called replacement theology. It's absolutely wrong. Israel has not been abandoned by God and is being replaced by the Western church. That is American elitism and nationalism in an extreme way that is really dangerous. So maybe none of you are dealing with that. But just so you know, the replacement like Israel, we are Israel now and they are not. That is not biblical. It's anyone who has the faith of Abraham is the true Israel of God. Amen? It means anyone who receives from God by faith is his chosen people, his princely people. Okay? So we are the Israel of God. I like to joke with people that I'm actually Hebrew because I'm the Israel of God that I've crossed over. I was once in Israel, and I had a funny um, happening that made me joke this way. I was actually standing over the 
where they believe David wrote, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Where they believe he wrote that, there's an overlook, and it's really amazing. Y'all should come to Israel with me. It's awesome. And there's this dark valley where the sun never hits the bottom. So it's the, it's the way the mountains are and the hills. The sun never grows down there. It never hits the bottom. So it's always dark, even if it's totally bright outside. The shadows work that way. And the scholars believe that David wrote it looking at that. So it's a, a scholarly opinion, but he believes he was inspired by that. I'm there, and I had like, you know, I was in Israel for the first time. I had like two scarves, you know, around my neck, one like over my head, my long hair, my beard. I bought a shofar. Everybody knows what that is. You know, it's like the ram's horn you blow through. I had it on my shoulders, and I'm just standing there, like looking at this, this valley, like really, really stoked, you know, just standing on the edge. And this guy, this is actually a funny story, German guy, we're streaming in Germany, comes up to me. He taps me on the shoulder. He goes, how much? I was like, what? He goes, how much? And he taps the shofar. I'm like, uh, and I couldn't remember what I paid for it because I thought he was asking me how much I paid for it. I'm like, I think it was 75, I think. And he goes, no, no, and he takes out his money. He goes, how much? I'm like, what? I, I'm, I'm not selling that. I was like very confused. Like, it, I'm sorry, it's mine. I'm not selling it to you. I was so confused until I turned around and saw a bunch of other people selling shofars, and they looked kind of like me. And I was like, oh, he thinks I'm a local salesman. I was like, I must be doing something right. I'm an Israelite. I am the Israel of God. You know, anyway, I was tickled to death uh, the whole trip. I'm like, uh, did you know I'm Hebrew? You know, so anyway, I'm not actually. Tracy is, aren't you half Jewish? So Tracy's got me on that, but whatever. Holy jealousy, you know, I don't know. I'm white. All right, that's who I am. I am very white. So telling you that just to maybe make you laugh a little bit, but the people of God are those who praise the Lord in spirit and in truth, who have faith like Abraham did. Are you with me? Okay, Mary talks about that. Now, listen to this. I want you to really think about this with me, all right? Mary, in this moment, singing this song, it was a worship song. Would you agree? Was that a song of worship? Yeah, Mary was worshiping the one in her womb. Think about this. Have you ever thought about this? I think we need to think about this a little more. Mary was worshiping the one within her. Mary was not thinking about God over there or on a cloud. Mary was going, blessed are you. <laughs> Mary was singing to the one within her. Speaking of the one within her, I believe the New Covenant Church needs to understand we also carry the one we worship. So many times we come in here and we're like, Lord, and we lift our hands, which is biblical. We raise our head, which is biblical. And we're like, come, Lord, please come. I'm here to worship you. You know, if I sing just right, you'll come in the room. And yay. And like, if I put my hands on my face just right, you know, you'll come in. If I, I don't know, like some people think, I think some people think you have to look really, really like you're in a lot of pain for it to be spiritual. So it's like, lift your hands, be like, you know. And then Jesus is like, I have to come now. I have to come down there, you know. <laughs> they put the face on. I have to come. That's not how it works. Listen, it's not how it works. And you might be like, okay, we know, Caleb, we know. No, listen, think a little deeper with me. He opposes those who are smug and prideful, think they know they are. 
think with me a little deeper. You are worshiping the one you carry. You worship the one within you. You know, all the, all the perversions of the world, of other religions, all that stuff, are rooted in a pure version. Every perversion has a pure version. Okay? New age, all that people, they say, I am, like, there is a God within me. There is a light within everyone. People, new age, they say that. That's recycled paganism, just so you know. It's not new. It's under a new label. Okay? New age is the label that's been around for a long time. That you are God, and there's a God within you. There's a light within you that you call God, and that's what everybody's calling different things. <clears throat> Wrong. There's one God. His name is Yeshua HaMashiach. He is the Holy Spirit. He is Yahweh. He's Jehovah God. He's the self-existent God. I will not apologize for saying Jesus is God, and there is no other. I won't apologize. You can call me closed-minded. I'm closed-minded enough so that my brains don't fall out. Yes, I'm closed-minded on this one thing. Jesus is God, okay? And so this idea that you, everyone carries God, no, no, no. It's those who believed him, he gave the right to be sons and daughters of God. It's by faith that we receive the Lord. Are you with me? Yes? Okay, this is the gospel I'm talking about right now. You actually have to receive it by faith, okay? The new covenant church has received the Lord by faith, but is still distant from him in worship. The new covenant church knows that they are a temple of the Holy Spirit, but comes into a temple and asks the Holy Spirit to attend. <laughs> you need to get this. You worship the one within you. You can walk out of this door, sit in your car, and worship the one within you. The whole fullness of the Godhead is in you when you say yes to Jesus. And this is the truth. God actually sees us like Mary. God actually sees the church like Mary, a pure virgin. So you might be like, oh, I'm a wretch. Da, da, da. Well, God says you're wrong. <laughs> There's entire podcasts and things like that called wretched and things like that. It's so disturbing to me that church leaders would call a wretch what God calls wonderful. That disturbs me to my core. Okay? He's actually called you these things. Look at this. Galatians 4.19. Um, I'm sorry. Where is it? I'm going to jump to 2 Corinthians 11.2. Sorry, babe. 2 Corinthians 11.2. Paul says this. I feel a divine jealousy for you. He's speaking to the church. Since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure version to Christ. The church is the virgin bride. Okay? We are the ones who are being presented to Christ, our heavenly bridegroom. This is all spiritual. You understand? Right? There's nothing sexual about what I'm saying. It's spiritual. All right? Everybody okay? The church is the bride of Christ. Amen? And that's how God sees us. Because that's what Paul said. I presented you as a pure virgin. What was Mary? A total virgin. Get this. It takes a virgin bride to carry the seed of Christ. It requires a virgin bride. Listen to me. I'm announcing to you something beautiful. If you carry the Holy Spirit, you are pure. <laughs> There's no way for something unholy to carry the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. It's impossible for you to be anything other than that, a pure virgin bride. This is the truth. Not only that. Uh, Galatians 4.19, Paul said, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. 
They were having problems in Galatia. In Galatia. They were deciding whether they're going to mix law and grace. Are they going to have rules and relationship or what's going to happen here? And he wrote them. He said, this is anguishing for me. All right. He says, I'm actually in the anguish of childbirth. Paul, a man, is saying he has a baby inside of him. And then he says, it's until Christ is formed in you. What is he trying to birth? Christ in them, the hope of glory. Listen, we carry the one we worship. Some of y'all are starting to show, just saying. This is what it means to co-labor with God. It's to carry Christ. The church is actually already the heavenly Jerusalem. Let me help you. You're not going to the new Jerusalem. You're becoming the new Jerusalem. We're not going to it. It's coming here out of heaven. And where are you already? Ephesians 2, 6. I talk about it all the time. The church is already seated in heavenly places. If you become holy, if you become pure, if you're carrying the seed of Christ, you actually are seated in Christ. You understand? I know, your head's spinning, like, wait, am I in him and he is in me? Yes, that's the thing. <laughs> you should be a little, your brain should break at some point, and then you'll be qualified to not lean on your own understanding. You know, <laughs> okay, I feel permission to say this. A little soapbox moment. I hate it when everybody gets it in church. I hate it when everybody gets everything. I hate it that, <laughs> let me say it this way. I don't think that preachers and pastors should be putting stuff on the bottom shelf for everybody to get. I don't think we should be boiling it down to make it so easy for everyone to get. I think we should keep it in the spirit and say, who wants it? You got to dive in with me to get up here. You got to dive in deep to get up there. I'm inviting you into spiritual realities that language doesn't do justice for. And you're like, that doesn't make sense or it doesn't seem like it matters. Okay, step into the spirit with me. You'll feel it. Some of y'all might feel the baby kick tonight. I'm just saying, all right? There is a spiritual reality in the church right now that she is totally unaware with, aware of, that she is carrying the one she worships. We shouldn't just put it on. I'm not going to put it plain and simple on the bottom for you. My job is to make mysteries plain for sure, but it's still a mystery. It's still a mystery. Only those who dive deep can get up here and, and grab it. Listen to Galatians 4, 26 through 27. It says, there is a heavenly Jerusalem above us, which is our true mother. I know who your mama is. <laughs> it's the heavenly Jerusalem. <laughs> You've been born again, haven't you? Some of y'all don't believe that statement. Yes, I do. How dare you? Well, maybe just consider for a second. That you don't understand that statement. Jesus did not say born again. He said in Galilean Aramaic, he said, you must be born from the origin. You must be born from the origin is what he said. You might have seen it translated born from above. But the words are you must be born from the origin. What is the origin? Let there be light. The only people present there were the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was brooding over the waters. Hello? You must be born from the origin. If you believe that you have a little bit of evil, a little bit of good in you, you don't believe you've been born from the origin. You have been, but you don't believe it. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? The minute you say yes to Jesus, it's not about your theology. It's about your yes. This is what happens. 
and it's being unveiled to you as I'm speaking to you maybe, or it's being unveiled to you as you dive into the scriptures, all of the Godhead comes inside. Write this scripture down if you're taking notes. Colossians 2, verse 9 through 13. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive by empty deception and human tradition and takes you away from the fullness that is in Christ. For in him dwells the whole fullness of the Godhead, and you have been made complete in him. That means all of God was in Jesus, and all of Jesus is in you. That means all of God is in you, <laughs> and you might not even know it. You worship the one within you. The heavenly Jerusalem is our mother, is our origin. The church, this is talking about the church, seated in heavenly places. You understand? Maybe you don't, but that's okay. Remember, you can lean not on your own understanding. <laughs> Amen? Like, I didn't understand a single thing he said. Good. Now you qualify to actually receive from the Spirit. I promise you, if you humble yourself, he will give you grace. He will give you understanding. Amen? Like, when is this going to end? I don't know what this guy's talking about. It says, she is the free woman bringing children into freedom. For it is written, burst forth with gladness, O barren woman with no children. Hello? Like Mary, right? Break through with the shouts of joy and jubilee, for you're about to give birth. Some of y'all are about to give birth. The one who was once considered de desolate and barren now has more children than the one who has a husband. It takes a virgin bride to carry that seed of Christ. This is the truth. You and I are, once we become a part of the church, we are birthing more of the church, right? Like somebody comes in here or comes into contact with you, they receive Jesus, right? They're being born again, right? We're giving birth as a church to more and more believers. Are you with me? Yeah? Come on, what does it say? It says, break forth. Break through with shouts of joy and jubilee, for you're about to give birth. All right? Listen, what does that look like? That looks like you bringing the peace of God into your workplace. That's giving birth. Are you with me? It looks like you bringing a word in season. That's birthing a new thing. It looks like you, when you usually would be frustrated, right, in Walmart waiting to check out behind 25 people, it looks like you breaking forth with shouts of joy and jubilee. Are you with me? And then someone goes, why are you so happy? He's like, I'm so glad you asked. Have you met my best friend? It's God. God is my friend. And he actually wants to be your friend too. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Come on. You know, I repeat stuff just so it gets in your head and it flows out easily. You know, I say the same thing over and over again. So I'm, I'm actually kind of brainwashing you, all right? I'm actually washing your brain of all those bad things you used to believe. I said that once at a church that I was on staff at, and it won't be named, and the pastor said, hey, Caleb, that was awesome. I saw what you were saying there, but never say it again. I was like, what? He's like, nobody understood it. I'm like, okay, sorry. <laughs> you freaked people out when you said I'm brainwashing you. I am. It's the good kind of brainwashing. Your brain needs a washing. In fact, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your brain, you need a washing. You've been thinking a lot of junk for a while now, <laughs> all right? And here's what I want to wash your brain with. God's not mad at you, man. He's madly in love with you. You might think you're worthless, but you have been wrong before. My God says you are to die for. What if you believe that too? 
These are the things you can share with others in Walmart. They're like, oh my gosh, you know? And listen, and you're like, well, nobody says, why are you so happy? Well, maybe it's because you need to get happier and like have a, a little bit of a, a light coming from your life. Like maybe you should look different in that Walmart line. I'm preaching to myself right now. I hate the Walmart lines right now, all right? Maybe there should be a reason for them to be like, why are you that way? It has happened. It doesn't happen every time I go to Walmart. In fact, rarely at Walmart does it happen, you know? But it has happened. I once, I've told this story before. I was at, um, when we started this church, I was sitting at my desk at a co-work space. Okay, we had co-work. We didn't have offices, so we rented, you know, we paid a membership. We did a co-work space. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just doing my work. And this guy walks up to me I never had a conversation before with. And he goes, hey, excuse me. And I'm like, I pull my headphones out. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you don't, like, struggle with, like, depression or anything, do you? I'm like, total stranger. I'm like, what a weird way to start a conversation, right? Like, and he's like, I'm like, uh, I said, not, not really, you know? And he goes, yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, dude, like, what is happening right now? I'm trying to write emails. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, I've been watching you. Everybody comes in here, and they are crabby. And they're eventually, he's like this guy who observes the whole office, I guess. I don't know. He's like, eventually, they're just like really down. And he's like, I've watched you for a couple months now. You always have peace on your face. I'm like, I'm trying to think like, like, man, I've had bad days in here before. Like, did he just catch me in all the good ones? I don't know. You know what I mean? But this guy saw something on my face that I didn't even know was there. I'm like, really? I, just, I said, really? He goes, yeah. I'm like, well, that's awesome, man. He goes, he goes, well, wh why? I'm like, okay, closed laptop, Caleb. Opportunity. I'm like, you are, I was like trying to like get out of the awkward conversation. And it was like, Holy Ghost, like, hey, hello. Silly little boy. I'm giving you an opportunity to speak to someone. I'm like, oh, I closed. Actually, my iPad, I closed it. I'm like, I'll tell you why. I worship the one I carry. I didn't say those words. I said, the Lord Jesus lives in me. And he's like, oh, I go to church. I'm like, do you? He's like, yeah, I go to church. No, it's cool. We like it. I'm like, okay, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I worship the one within me. There's a person living inside of me. And he's like, yeah? I'm like, yeah. The Bible says, I'm a temple for the Holy Spirit. The Bible says it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The Bible says it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And he's like, yeah, I think I've heard those scriptures before. I'm like, yeah. Have you believed any of them? <laughs> you know? And he's like, I guess I've never really thought that deeply about it. And we get into a conversation. And I get to talk to him every now and then. And this dude, I'll just tell you, I don't have time to finish the whole story. His life changes because I went to work. This guy starts believing the gospel. He goes from being saved to living like it. <laughs> and he actually, he opens up about his depression. We pray and this dude comes out of it and starts walking in joy. We're still Facebook friends. We message, he's still doing good. Because I went to work with him within me. Are you with me? I wasn't even like, Lord, I'm going to carry you into this workplace today. <laughs> I wasn't like, Holy Spirit. I stepped through the door. 
come. I didn't even do any of that weird stuff. I didn't anoint the doors, which is fine. Anoint your doors. We did that in our house. I'm not, whatever. But I'm just telling you, I went to work. And the peace of God just came out my pores. I don't know. Because I believe I worship the one within me. Come on, this is a good word. We worship the one within us. Just say it. Just put your hand on your womb. I mean, your belly. And say, I worship the one within me. Come on, say it. I worship the one within me. <laughs> Come on. Anybody feel it kick? This is the other thing I see from this amazing story. Mary goes to Elizabeth, and that's what spawns this whole thing. Mary could have stayed in her hut with Joseph, and it would, none of this would have happened. Right? What happened? A spontaneous worship service came out of this. Here's what I get from that. It actually takes a community of faith to truly worship the one within us. Mary wasn't alone when this awesome stuff happened. It actually takes a community of faith. Mary, Elizabeth coming together. Bang. Mary needed Elizabeth just as much as Elizabeth needed Mary. Did you hear what I just said? Mary needed Elizabeth just as much as Elizabeth needed Mary. It was the collision of their faith that caused this amazing thing to come out. So we share in the joy we carry so that people can properly worship the one we carry. You need to share the joy of the one you carry so people around you can worship. Listen, did you know that when you come in here, your worship gives others permission? Your worship gives permission. This is why I worship down front somewhere. I want to give the room permission. I do. I raise my hands to give the room permission to raise their hands. I do. It's spiritual. I tell my leaders to worship down front. Tracy is here on the front row. She does it. We do that because we lead in this. Are you with me? And you also, you come in and worship and say someone who looks like you uh, but doesn't like worship like you comes in and sees you. And they're like, wow, I guess if they can do it, I can do it. And you're like, you're here. And they go, you know, <laughs> or you're like, I'm thinking of Tim Hawkins, like, carry the TV. Yeah. Everybody know that skit? The different worship poses? Look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious. Yeah. What is it? Uh, Tomahawk, touchdown. He does. He's like, oh, watch the windows. Watch the windows. <laughs> it's great. You should look it up. Anyway, your worship gives permission to the others in the room. You sharing in the joy of your worship actually gives permission for others. Are you with me? So... You might not feel like it, but listen, you might break open a way for others in here. The same thing happens when you carry him into your everyday, when you carry him into your workplace. You give people permission, right? Listen, this is how I said it at the beginning of our church. I will outweird the entire space, so don't worry. I will outweird the room. Somebody's loud, I'll get louder, all right? Like, I, you will not outweird me. You come in here and start worshiping, you will not outweird me, okay? It's true. All right? You should see me alone with the Lord. No, you shouldn't. That's, that's private. But listen, that's my heavenly bridegroom. I don't mind telling you. Don't put me in that dress, but I am married. <laughs> know what I'm saying? Don't let the long hair fool you. I'm not confused. I'm convicted that I worship the one within me. I carry the one I worship. What would happen... If every believer, instead of saying, Holy Spirit, come upon us, say, you said, Holy Spirit, come up on us. Come upon us. What if you just need to make a practice of that prophetic act right there? Say, in the tough times, 
when you're frustrated, when the spousal uh, arguments or aggressive negotiations over where to eat after church are flying. <laughs> what if in your difficult moments at work, you need to be like, pause button, go sit down at your desk and say, Holy Spirit, come upon me. And it's not like you're far from me. I don't feel you. It's I know you're in there. Come on out. The Spirit of the Lord has risen up and on me. Up on me. Yeah. We say let the ghost go. We say let the Holy Ghost out. Who let the ghost out? Who? 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 Ha. <laughs> I love saying things that make you laugh because you look more obedient when you got joy on your face. You remember that from last week? Anybody here last week? The face of joy is the face of obedience. If you didn't catch that, Go back, and we talked about the shepherds. I've been leading this up, all right, because we're going to land the plane on Christmas Eve and read about this amazing moment, all right, and Jesus coming as a baby. It's going to be so good. Wow. I'm grateful that the one I worship is within me. I'm grateful that I don't need to beg him to come, all right? I'm, and I'm not upset. Let me clarify. I'm not upset with, you know, Holy Spirit, come upon us. I'm not, right? I'm not saying... Holy Spirit, come rest on us is a bad prayer. It's just as long as you know it's, it starts in here, right? Come up on us, right? Come. Ho come, Holy Spirit, is a great prayer. But it's not come, it's come. Jesus said it. He said, take anyone who takes a drink of me, rivers of living water will spring up out of them unto eternal life. Rivers, plural. <laughs> if you've been born from the origin, born from above, You've been reproduced after the God kind. You are holy and pure right now. And that's why you're able to carry the one you worship. You're walking out of here carrying the one you worship. And you can stay aware of that if you'd like. Everything changes. You're like, I feel so different at the resting place. Well, that's just you having a matter of perspective. Because let me give you a newsflash. You are the resting place. You are where he rests. You know what a baby does for nine months? These are the, the spiritual realities of the church right now. We need to take a page from Mary's book. We need to learn to sing Mary's song and worship the one within us. Amen? Come on. This is just really good work. I'm excited to preach.